0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I just said just this morning, I'm like, hey, you go to where? You're so a lot taller right now. That's one of my favorites. I, I love like spicy. Really, I, I like it like this. Yes. I get to eat those yeah.
1: ones. Nice what it's called oh like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mrs. Aver likes the chips so <laughs> we always get a bag of chips did so. so. no. it say have like a lot of something like this yeah. yeah. I don't know there's true. something something yeah, magical I it's so. just uh-huh yeah uh-huh. like like real salty I, I, like, I buy I Jill a bag of chips like and then I eat all of
0: them. <laughs> I like Arby's. She's doing it do
1: you? Doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Jill still, still very too. much <laughs> his hands and <laughs> feet, feet and knees. He likes Arby's. So, so right. do I. Do I know it well. That like
1: you smell. What what have to Arby. Well,
0: they Mel.
1: Mel. So, if you had to go to Arby's, if you to had to go to Arby's, <laughs> no, what is the best sandwich at Arby's?
0: It's all the same, right?
1: It's all the same. French, who said French dip. It is the best sandwich. I agree. No, <laughs> I'm not pretty
0: good at being Arby's. I like the big work. I like the The,
1: the, the, the double mm. roast. Mmm.
0: Okay. Okay. I
2: well, if your wife is pregnant and in the <laughs> delivery room, do not go eat a giant roast beef. I wouldn't would be surprised. Last time I, I was out, one. I, 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 I had to go like, back in the kitchen and like <laughs> bring up the door, like yes. I saw them in the meat. I went <laughs> to <at> the hospital <laughs> the and I get the hospital. <laughs> the doctor's <laughs> like, it's
1: time to start pushing. And so I'm there trying to coach Jill and yeah. do what I think. And yeah, I, yeah, my, my stomach is just feet like... Feet <laughs> <in the laughs> gym, very was a little spiritual. anxiety with. It was was a bad. (laughs) All right, let's get rolling. I don't know. We're we're all chit chated today, which is great. Um, How's everybody doing? I know. I know. You're just going to have to listen to me. I'm just going to be terrible. No, it ain't. Come
0: on out.
1: Um. All right. So it's nice to be back. Jill and I were gone for a couple of weeks and had a really nice uh, time two weeks ago with her family. Um, a good time to reconnect with them And then last week was Jill's birthday And we, um, went up to Chicago Which was real nice, so, um Glad to be back, um, and we've done Announcements already Um, so Is there anything else we need to cover before we dig in? We're good? Let's pray And then we will talk about Mark chapter 5 this week Let's pray. God, we, um We appreciate being here As a family, um I missed everyone, even just a couple weeks away. It's, it's nice to see uh, faces again. And um, we ask that today will be a day where we're close to each other and we're close to you and that we bring you joy. It's through Christ we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, yeah, it was. It, it's funny when you start thinking about a topic. And t- today um, we're going to be talking um, about... Uh, Faith versus despair uh, today. Um, but, oops, sorry. Back, back. Um, but I was listening to that last song, When I Taste Your Goodness, I Shall Not Want. And I was just thinking how how I really do feel like my life is like crazy blessed. Um, like more so than it ought to be. Um, and even with that, how I can't, I, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at kind of um, being satisfied with everything, this crazy goodness that I've been given, um, there's always more. There's there's always something else I'm not satisfied with. Um, but we'll talk today about faith versus despair. Um, uh, that's in Mark 5, 21 through 43. Um, and I want to tell you why I titled it Faith Versus Despair. Um By the way, when you guys hear the word desperation, do you think of desperation and despair as the same thing? It's kind of funny. I don't. But yet, from a definition's perspective, desperation is just being in a state of of despair. But I think it's funny how that's one of those words that it says one thing in the dictionary, but... I feel like desperation is the road to despair, not the being there. It's like, I feel like I can, can be desperate without being in despair. But uh, strictly speaking, that's, that's not true, at least by Webster or somebody. Um, and, and so I actually had a different title today and finally decided I needed to change it. Uh, but I had desperation in the title and decided I would change it back to just faith versus despair. Um, despair simply means the complete loss or absence of hope. I mean, it's it's a pretty dark word. Um, and I'll just kind of put this out there. For, you don't have to respond, but when, when you hear the word despair, um, do, you, do any of you, do you picture someone? Or is there is there a connection you make? For me, as soon as I think of the word despair, my head automatically goes to um, one person in my life who I feel like, um, that defines their life. Uh, so um, I, I'm just curious if some of you do the same. Um, I wrote here this morning as I was preparing, um, and yes, I did prepare part of this this morning. Um, I said, this weighs on me heavily, um, but it's not for me. Um, I do feel like I'm quite blessed. Um, but when I watch others be in despair or near despair, um, it just makes me hurt. It makes me hurt for them. It makes me want to help. Um, When I see parents or my brothers um, get into this point of despair, this point of feeling like they're at some sort of complete loss or or they've lost hope, at least for a period of time, um, I think in my life it's one of the most difficult things to observe because I always want to jump in. I I want to help because I know the answer. I always feel like I know the answer how to make them happy. and surprisingly, they rarely want to listen to me. Um, funny how that is. Anybody else have that trouble? Yeah. And, um, but, uh, but I, I do find that watching someone else's despair, it doesn't take me to despair. It, it actually makes me think of the word of desperation, but it, it takes me to a, a dark point. Um, and so I want us to think about this today and to, to maybe at the end of the day, we can, we can look at despair of others and look at our own despair um and uh, maybe see that through a new lens that can help us out. And since it is a football week, it's not Kansas City versus the Titans. Two weeks ago, it was Kansas City versus the Titans. I don't even know who Kansas City is playing today. Who is it?
0: San Francisco 49ers.
1: It's the 49ers. Yep. <laughs> hmm.
0: I know that because of the
1: And they have, like, a really young quarterback. Is that right? Something about... He's like a high school kid or a grade school or (laughs) something. Well, I know Mahomes is also pretty young, yeah. Yeah. But the other guy's younger than Mahomes, right? I think so. Oh, not necessarily. Okay, all right. Sight name. It's a... Oh, I... An arrowhead, I I know. It's borderline disrespectful. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At least I'm sure somebody (laughs) can say that. Um, But but anyways, so two weeks ago... um, when that game started, that's what happened right at the very beginning. Uh, Tennessee went up 10-0. Um, I believe I've got this right. Kansas City came back right away, 10-7. And then we've got Tennessee coming back yet again, 17-7. I, I was watching this on my phone because I don't have any way to watch it at home, or maybe I was at someone's house. I don't watch it. But I was watching it, not watching it, but I was I was updating the score. And I remember sitting here and thinking like, ooh, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee might do this. Like, like, like they are rocking. This is great. Um, but if I think about despair versus faith, you know, are you to that point of hopelessness? You know, there's no doubt at 17.7, if you know much about football, it's not time to become hopeless yet. You know, that's a a very doable comeback at that point. If if you're not a football person, just believe me, being behind 17-7, while from a numbers perspective, it looks pretty bad, it's not that bad. Um, And in fact, by halftime, Kansas City scored two more times and they were up 17-21. And so at this point, it's not a point of despair for either of them. Then pretty quickly into the second half, it gets up 17.35. It's starting to get toward desperation. Right, okay, so it's not looking good for Tennessee. Um, they're you know, they having scored half the points um, at that point of Kansas City. Um, and then as the game went on uh, with, I don't know, maybe let's say a minute to go, um, it's 31 to 51. Um, and it's well into that point of despair, okay. So what's the connection for today? So despair is not about the chiefs come back from seventeen-seven. To, to me, that's not despair in life, okay? That, that doesn't get into that point. That's just, you get into a tough spot and you work your way out. It would be, the, true despair would be more like the Titans coming back from 51 to 31 with only one minute to go, okay? I don't know if that that really happened. I don't know how the score worked out. But let's assume it was 51 to 31 with a minute to go. Um, And you're sitting there as Tennessee trying to figure out what to do. Most people would say the game is over. There's really no reason to try. And yet, could you, they only need to score three touchdowns, right? 31 plus 21 would be 52. So they only need to score three touchdowns. Can you score a touchdown in 20 seconds? Actually... When you do it, it looks easy. Um, And so you only need to do that three times, right? So in theory, it can be done. Um, But I would argue that that is the difference between faith and despair. And so as as Tennessee Titans, at this point, you've gotta be able to operate, to even go walk out on the field and keep playing, you've gotta have a, a very interesting mindset about what comes next, because in reality, you're not now thinking that much about winning the game. You might be trying to psych yourself up for that, but the truth of it is you're not really talking about winning the, this task at hand. You're talking about winning something else, at least finishing the game with your chin high or you know, trying to embarrass yourself as least as possible or something like that. Your focus on what the win is at that point has to be reconnected. Okay. So faith versus despair. Um... Let's jump into Mark 5, 21 through 43. I want you guys to be thinking about examples of faith and examples of where a person uh, could be to the point of despair, or maybe they are at a point of despair in this, and then we'll uh, let you point those out in just a minute. Okay. Jump over here. Why did that say Romans 10. It's coming.
0: There we go. All right.
1: Mark 5. Let's scroll down here to 21. No, you don't have to read that that fast. Okay. Mark 5, verses 21 through something. I can't remember. I don't know what I can do. So, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was, and I did look this up to make sure it is Jairus, it's not Hyrus, which I wanted to call it, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, my little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live. All right, Uh, we'll just push pause for a second. Who has faith and who has despair, or at least the possibility of despair? Um, the man
0: who raised him, or got now. Or the, you girl girl,
1: or... The, the the guy pleading, he's kind of getting to a point of despair. Does he have faith? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does, right. Or he wouldn't be talking to Jesus. Okay, good. You guys are getting it. Um, whoops, hold on here. Do-do-do. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. So the story's going to change all of a sudden now. This is a story within a story. So Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal for many doctors... Sorry, suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. Despair? Yeah. Right, it sounds a little bit like despair, doesn't it? Yeah? In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touches his robe. For she thought to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Faith? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. All right. After she touched him, Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask, who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over back to the first story while he was still speaking to her messengers arrived from the home of Jairus the leader of the synagogue they told him your daughter is dead there's no use troubling the teacher now despair? yeah, yeah that, that, that's despair of despair in other words that's kind of like by the definition because they're saying don't even come I mean we think you're a great guy Jesus but it's a little too late there's no... The faith has disappeared. The despair has uh, come in full force there. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Because saw realized they were missing. And then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. And again despair he went inside and asked why all this commotion and weeping the child isn't dead she's only asleep the crowd laughed at him but he made them all leave and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying holding her hand he said to her talitha cow which means little girl get up And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened, and then he told them to give her something to eat. Just a moment here while this wakes up. All right. Um so let's just to be clear, what were what's the most obvious points of despair in that story? After the girl dies and they don't have hope that Jesus can help. Yeah. To me, that's Tennessee Titans 3151 with one minute to go. Like, like, if it...
0: I thought we were setting some sad
1: music.
0: I know. I can (laughs) do it, (laughs) but this Yeah, the
1: living room really (laughs) stepping up to production. (laughs) If that had only been intentional, that would have
0: been
1: fabulous. Yeah, so, so to me... You know, they're looking at Jesus. They they have some people, at least, have some pretty serious faith in him at this point. I can't remember whether there's been other miracles, but they know he's quite powerful. Um, so, in theory, they shouldn't be at that point of despair. But they're being realistic. They're being humans, just like Tennessee Titans, thirty-one to fifty-one, um, and they're saying, "Here's the deal: there is no hope." Um, so. I want us to. That's the most obvious. And what? Where, where do you see another despair in the story? Anybody? Yeah. Um, when he
0: was pleading to Jesus that his daughter was dying, and he, it didn't seem like he
1: had, hope. Okay. He had much help. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. And that one, um for me, is kind of getting to that point of desperation, because in his head, he's he's at least thinking Jesus could help, right? He's he's. Crossing his fingers um, that Jesus is going to be able to help. Um, so he's, he's at least on the road to despair, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, what about the, the other lady, the lady that had the bleeding problem?
0: I think she had
1: despair. Yeah. Well, what do you think if you spent every nickel you had and, and uh, you, had, you had spent all this time and gone to doctors and all this stuff? I would say she was at a point of despair until she met Jesus she actually had part of it. She had faith
0: that when she touched the rope, she would
1: get that. She sucked healing right out of him, and he didn't know where it went, did he? So, yeah. Yeah. I think it was just like that. Um, all right. So let's talk about modern despair. So, just give me some examples um, where you witness it, you, you experienced it yourself, or you witnessed modern despair. Yes. Well, I was just going to say <clears throat> there might be another
2: example of despair when. Oh, okay. You want to go back? The people laughed at Jesus when he said that she's just sleeping so yep. Jesus still showed up he said that he could help and they still did not have the hope that he could yeah that's they like full-blown despair and yeah. he sent them out of the room and then he
1: did it his- <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. He worked it. <coughs> yeah.
1: okay so now, back to modern despair. So, give me some sort of modern examples of things you either experience yourself or you see others get to this point of despair in today's world. Yeah. Oh,
0: well, my. Here, later here, recently, my brother he lost his grandma.
1: Yeah. So, so you someone passes away. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What else? Modern despair. I uh, had a family member uh, this last week um, who sent some text messages, and it was really heartbreaking because the text messages kind of had these overtones of, "Hey, there's you know not much for me to look forward to in life. I'm really really sad. I don't have any hope. You know, it, it sort of had this." You know, just deep level of despair. And, and, and so, because that's so fresh, that happened recently. That's what keeps jumping out to my mind as I was reading this this morning is, you know, seeing someone you love, someone that, you know, knows Jesus um, and, and could have uh, tremendous hope, but has just gotten to that point where they just can't see it. Life's just a fog, right? So, anyone want to share some modern despair examples?
2: In general, uh, depression, Yeah. Uh, just the illness of depression sure. will, uh, you know, just take away your, your, your hope, your energy. There, there's so many
1: symptoms. Yep. And, um... Yeah, depression can certainly uh, yeah. lead people to a deep uh, state of despair. So, I'm going to switch here and have you share, if you're willing to some of your own personal points. Um, So share some successes of faith in your life where you have been put up against a really, really difficult situation um, and you've managed to um, let your faith take you through it. Um, And maybe, you know, if you don't mind to share, uh, if you have one you're comfortable with, an area where... You can look back now and see that you fell into despair and maybe, you, know, you I don't know how to say that, but you fell into despair and maybe you wished you hadn't or something like that. I suppose we might always wish we hadn't. Um, but uh, Does anyone want to share either one of those?
2: I guess I can kind of share one that's both. Okay. So, when I was in grad school... It was a business program, like a two-year program, and in between the years, everyone was expected to get an internship. And um, <coughs> for my for my major, there was like only like seventeen of us in this one particular major, and uh, I was just not having any luck with finding an internship and I had waited too long to start looking. A lot of people were, like, lining up their internships in, like, January. Um, And I didn't start looking until, like, maybe March or April. And so, like, everyone else was, like, had their whole summer lined up and they were all paid internships. And so they were all, like, you know, going to these exciting places and these exciting jobs. And it was kind of expected that... For a lot of them, that's kind of like your main job prospect for after you graduate as well. You you get an internship, and then you do well in the internship, you get an offer from them after you graduate the next year. But it was kind of like it was it was such an expected thing that if you didn't get an internship, it kind of had a feeling of, oh well, what's wrong with this candidate that they didn't have an internship? (coughs) So I was starting to despair with not being able to get a job. Um, the summer, like, like, the the classes starts and I still didn't have an internship. So, moved back home for the summer. Had to get some kind of job to make money. So, was still, like, trying to find any kind of internship that I could. Meanwhile went to like a temp agency to say like you know do you and I mean they obviously did not have any kind of like professional positions or anything like that But they just put me in like whatever opening they had and I needed a job. So I took a a job working second shift at an assembly plant and I had done I had worked on an assembly line before going to college so I had, like, a little bit of experience in that, and this was, like, a night and day difference from that, because this was, you can imagine them just taking, like, the, like the lowest uh, skill level possible, and, like, the most monotonous jobs possible, and so I was doing that second shift, like, just feeling complete despair, because I couldn't seemed to, like, get anywhere or get any kind of internship, and I was making, like, minimum wage. Like, there were some nights where my job was literally, they had a machine that was uh, stamping out pieces, and uh, they were coming out continuously, like, on a belt and coming out into a box. I had a clicker, and every hundred pieces, I would swap out the box. And that's just that was my job for eight hours that night, but it was all like that level of monotony uh, from like three p.m. P- to one a.m. every day. So, and I and I'm the type that gets bored easily, so it was just a it was a tough time for me. So a week or two into working there, uh, I get an email from our school program saying that you know hey is there any uh, HR people which was the program that I was in uh, any HR people who are um, you know still looking for internships because we just found out that Cummins in Columbus is looking for our, an HR intern and so then I thought wow you know my prayers have been answered you know I, I'm already located in Columbus you know it's a exact internship I'm looking for Um, and it's, like, right here, like, this is, you know, God working to, to, like, be an answer to my prayers. So, you know, I hurriedly put in my resume, and, like, I think I interviewed with them over the phone, um, and it was, like, a really long time waiting, you know, that made, like, the, like, working those shifts, waiting to hear back from them, like, uh, even worse. Um, and so... Uh, finally, uh, you know, I was, every day I was like, kept waiting for that phone call. Um, Finally, when I was at work, I got a phone call, but it wasn't from Cummins. Uh, It was from the other person in my program who had not gotten an internship yet to call me and say, hey, weren't you from Columbus? I need some help finding a place to live. I just got an internship at Cummins. And so, uh, I helped. I, I called around and found like, because it's it's hard to find like temporary housing in right. Columbus. I don't know if any of you had that experience. Like, it, it's like really difficult to find places here because there's very few places that that have leases less than sure a year. Firm, yeah. So I called around and I found her a place that was like a week by week lease that was um, like affordable and helped her get situated uh, so she yeah. could move in. And that that was, like, kind of the absolute despair. But then, like, <coughs> I kept praying, and, like, a week or two after that, I ended up getting uh, someone else from Cummins reached out to me, saying that another internship had suddenly opened up when oh, they needed wow. somebody to come in. So I actually did end up getting an internship uh, for the last two months of the summer, after <laughs> working at yes. this other place for a month, so. Yeah, that's yeah, and I think that's the the roller
1: coaster of despair and faith um, that I see us going through. That I see myself going through. A few weeks ago, um, I got some news from my dad, and some things just weren't working out right. And it was amazing to me, even though I I know to just lay this stuff in God's hands and don't let it get to me. For about three nights in a row. I, uh, I really struggled to sleep, and, and I just, like, it was just on my mind, and I couldn't let it go, and um, and there was nothing I could do about the situation. I had done everything I knew to do, um, so I could, you know, you say, you know, sort of pray and give it up to God, but that's one of those things that's much easier said than done. <clears throat> okay, so the question is, how far can faith carry us? Um a question for you guys uh, to think about, not to answer. How far can faith carry us? Um, and where's our breaking point? Um, so my question about this is, I find that breaking point, that when thing, when you start headed toward despair, You know, you're the woman who has this illness, and in the case of the story, she's got bleeding. She's spent every nickel she has. She's at every doctor. She's done everything she can come up with. Um, You know, when do you hit that breaking and you give up, you know? Uh, I think if if some of us here haven't felt like we've ever gotten to that point, we're probably lucky. Um, And and I would say in some ways, maybe, um, I don't feel like I've hit it at a really deep depth, but I've hit it a few times. Over the years, it's when stuff's out of my control and I can't, I can't fix things that need to be fixed. And, and I find this to be particularly difficult when I'm watching someone else struggle and I'm wanting to help, but I, I realize that they've got to do this on their own. Um, uh, and it just makes me think about the top question: How far can faith carry us? With the people um, that were sitting around the young lady that had died, you know. They had given up. They they were done, um, and uh, had no more hope for that. Um, and so then the last question is, when do we give up? When do we when do we finally decide that where we're going uh, is is not not going to work out for us? Um, and so if we go back to the top of this passage, whoops, sorry, I'm on here. I think this is something that is really, really important um, as Christians. This is not actually in the Bible. Somebody's added this. But look at that top top bold line there. Jesus heals in response to faith. Something that's been on my mind now for quite a while um, is this concept that um, we're not robots. Okay? I think think we kind of kid ourselves from time to time into thinking that when you become a Christian, somehow or another things should just be better because you've made this decision, you've given your life to Christ, and somehow that should yield that regardless of what we do, Um, things are going to get better, but, but it's not that way. It's, it's very much a two-way street. It took the lady, uh, that had the bleeding problem to go up and touch Jesus. It took the dad to go get Jesus and bring him back to the house. Um, it takes action on our part. And so when we're getting into this really difficult point of despair, when I'm laying in bed, um, struggling to sleep because things are really difficult, um, it was maybe the second or third night that I was doing that, I finally, and, and I'm embarrassed because I, you know, I, I've known Jesus for a while. You know, <laughs> I know better. And um, But I, uh, finally one night I was like, I've kind of prayed about this, but I haven't really prayed about it. Like, I haven't prayed about it. And so I just laid there in bed, and I just talked to Jesus for, it seemed like, a long time. And, um, really just begged him to step into my life and help me know where I can help, uh, when I can help, when I can't help, and to trust him to take care of the rest of the junk, you know, that kind of thing. And I couldn't believe it. It was early in the evening when that happened, um, and it was amazing how just finally making that step just freed me up. And I, I literally fell asleep like right after that, and it was the first good night's rest I'd had in a few days. Um, but the point of it is, it's, it is that Jesus isn't just this um, sort of magician running around or this uh, tooth fairy running around that's just throwing out goodness to us because we've told somebody or a group of people that we like him. Um, it's a two-way street, you know. And, and that's because if it's not a two-way street, we'll never learn, we'll never grow, we'll never mature, we'll never become these amazing uh, servants, if you want to call that, of His, followers of His, people that can share uh, His uh, goodness with others unless we learn along the way. Um, and so uh, I said here, I said we're not robots, we're free to follow the world or follow Christ. And those are actions. Those those are things that require us to uh, uh, to do something. And so, you know, I was thinking about one of my family members who's in a little bit of despair right now. And as I watch them, it's like I, I've got to help them if I can. Any opportunity to realize that um, that there is hope. There, there's hope for them. But the hope's gonna come not through just telling everyone how much despair you're in, but the hope's going to come through actually taking some action and reaching out to God and, and maybe listening to some wise people around you who are also close to God and seeing what maybe they're going to guide you to do. Okay. So how far can, can, can faith carry us? Um, I would argue that we need to let faith carry us all the way to the resurrection. Uh, I can't remember who said it earlier about um, one form of despair. You said earlier. One form of despair is when um, someone dies. right? And I think in my life, one of the things I struggle with is that I fall into despair because I know the solution. I know what I want God to do. I don't want God to let the person die. I don't want this to happen. I don't want my my friend at school to get the job that I wanted. You know, I know what I want. And the bottom line is sometimes I need to let my dreams die and let God resurrect them, if you want to use that image, and let God resurrect them in something completely, completely new. Um, I don't know how many times I've seen people lose jobs or have some catastrophe happen in their life. And only three, four, or five years down the road, you hear them say, You know, that was one of the worst days of my life. But now I can look back and realize it was one of the best days of my life. I, I couldn't see the good that could come out of this. Um, but I now wanna give thanks to God because I realize that I'm actually a much better person for that. Um, and so I asked that question, How far can faith carry us earlier, just to get you thinking about it? But I think each of us needs to be ready all the time to let our faith carry us all the way to that resurrection. That might be a very literal term for us. That might be we get into a physical situation with a health that we recognize we're not going to get to live that much longer here on earth. And we're going to have to literally um, have the faith that God's going to take care of us even beyond death. Um, it may be something very simple as some goal you had in life something you wanted to accomplish is just not going to happen and uh, it doesn't mean we don't pray that God will help us accomplish that because he certainly could um, but we also don't want to kid ourselves that we have all the answers um, and so sometimes we need to let things die and let God kind of resurrect those if you want to into um, whatever he might want it to be so we're just about done here. I'm just going to, you guys are kind of chewing on this now a little bit, I hope. Maybe it'll it'll sink in um, as you think about this. Does anybody have a thought they wanted to share about this? We've got just one or two minutes here. Just a bit. right here. i
2: got a, just a quick observation on this. The, the older you get, the, the, the better you can handle this to know the difference between when to let it go, yeah. when to keep the faith about it, because you have learned from each time before and so uh, i and just uh how many times that the door that opens you had no idea that door even existed yeah. you know yeah and i think
1: as i as i'm getting older unfortunately it seems like i can't stop it um, <laughs> but i've also found that things that i couldn't deal with and handle many years ago sometimes I deal with quite easily now, but there's also a whole new level of challenges. And part of it is I've got a bigger responsibility. You know, my my kids are older and you think, oh, well that's easy, they sort of take care of themselves. And yeah, no, you know, uh, it's, it's a whole new challenge that you're dealing with there. And, um, you know, and, and like, I mean, someday somebody's going to possibly try to date Savannah, and that's going to be a bad day. Okay? So, and uh, so, um, so anyway, so we worked for the, yeah, go ahead.
0: Um, I have, I let go and put my um, help into God's hands. Um, ever since I started my treatment, um, the doctors told me that I would be bedridden after the second or third month. I'm now into my fourth month. Oh, wow. And I'm still going, still have my job and everything. So. I just pray and I I keep
1: the faith that God's gonna pull me through this nine month treatment. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm gonna catch up with you in just a few minutes because I'm out of time. Okay. So all right. All right. So um, we, we have communion up here and so I'm just gonna leave this on the screen to think about the connections of your own struggles in life with faith versus despair. Um, there, there there's no worse despair than you're hanging on a cross. The people, the very people that you wished loved you had just hung you there, um, and the world is like 100% against you, and that's that's where you, you stand, and that's where Christ was a couple thousand years ago. Um, I suppose you could argue um, that he knew he was bigger than all of that, and that's part of why he, he could get through that, um, but he was definitely a human, and he was definitely uh, stressed beyond anything I can imagine, um, and yet... In the end, it was a good story. So we'll celebrate that story by taking some bread and juice here in just a few moments. Um, I'll pray. I'll break the bread, and then you're welcome to come up and uh, take the communion. Oh, one moment. You got a comment? Um, not
0: everybody was against him. You're right. Thanks for correcting me.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. There were a few people still for him. It was a very difficult time. Yeah, they were very sad, weren't they? All right, let's pray. God, thanks for teaching us. Thanks for being there for us. Help us to remember that uh, you'll lift us up, that uh, we can just keep the faith in you, and just keep our focus on you and give you some time, that uh, you will ultimately win. The world's not bigger than you, and uh, we ask that as we take this communion today that we'll never forget the amazing sacrifice that you made, the amazing life you lived, and we'll never forget to study that life closely uh, to help us learn how to live ourselves here on earth. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
0: and tell him all and he